Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to episode 77 of Grown Up Kids. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie. And today we will be discussing a mill, a mill, a mill. And the detectives. <laughs> yep. All those scrinks. A meal? A meal. A meal. A meal. A meal. With an A, even though it's spelled with an E. A meal and the detectives. Mm-hmm. So it's now time for the 30 second Disney Dash. Are you ready? Yeah. That was good. Thanks. On your mark. Get set. So Emil is traveling to Berlin <laughs> to visit his grandmother and giving and is supposed to give her money. But there's a, what is it? A scrink? Then there's a scrink dude named I don't know his name, and he steals the money from Emil. And then Emil gets off the bus and chases him and meets Gustavo, Gustavo, <laughs> Gustav, and all of his friends. And then they're detectives, and then they get the money back. But they discover this whole huge plot of like them getting into a bank. That was thirty seconds. Was it? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. All right. Dang. That's my new catchphrase. Dang. <laughs> it makes me laugh so hard. It's because uh, of that preview from Trolls. I know. <laughs> Dang. Dang. A pinky promise. A pinky promise. Okay. Okay. Go. All right. There's this kid named Emil, and his mom sends him off on his bus by himself with 400 marks in his pockets. So some um, dude yeah. decides to take it from him and hypnotize him, and then he wakes up, and he realizes it's gone, and he tries to track him down, and then he finds these detectives. It's this group of young boys, and they all try and figure out what's going on, and there's this big, huge plot, and there's lots of money, and a bomb explodes, and then they catch the crooks. 20. Yours was way better. Yeah, but mine was also 10 seconds longer. You did it shorter. So, we were both equal. Yeah. Got it. All right, plot time. When Emil travels by bus to Berlin to visit his family, his money is stolen by a crook who specializes in digging tunnels. They call him the mole. That's very specific. Yes, you're right. When following the thief, Emil runs into Gustav. (laughs) Gustavo? (laughs) (laughs) A young boy who gathers up all his friends to help Emil find the money. However, they get into more trouble than they bargained for when Emil's pickpocket turns out to be mixed up with a couple of notorious bank robbers. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a cute movie. It was okay. It's on it Disney okay. Plus for anybody who wants to go watch it if yeah. you haven't yet. That was nice instead so that, of having to hunt it down. Yeah, so that was really cool. It didn't cost us anything extra. I didn't have to find some bootleg YouTube video of it. It was just on Disney Plus. Yeah, and I'll I'll say reasons as to why I think you should spend your time watching this later. Okay. So some history. Um, a Meal in the Detectives is from 1964. It was directed by Peter Tewksbury, <laughs> and it was based on a novel, also titled A Meal in the Detectives, uh, by a German author, Eric Kastner. So the film starred Walter Slezak and Brian Russell, and it was shot at the 
Tempelhof Studios in Berlin and on location around the city. So it actually was filmed in Germany, which is cool. Um, and the sets were designed by Isabella and Werner Schlichting. Um, so it must have come as a surprise to moviegoers in 1964 that Walt would follow the success of Mary Poppins with an international film made from the same mold as Almost Angels and The Miracle of the White Stallions. Do you remember those? Mm-hmm. Um, so the film is based on a worldwide bestseller by Eric Kastner from 1929, um, and the same and of the same name, and that would have been familiar to US audiences at the time. And it also had been adapted for the screen three times before Disney made this version. The screenplay was written by AJ Carothers, who also adapted White Stallions. Um, Peter Tewksbury was hired to direct his only Disney film after a successful track record directed TV comedies, including Fred McMurray. On My Three Sons. That's my dude. Shout out to Fred McMurray. I like him a Flubber lot. man. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brian Russell is the child actor who plays Emil. Um, and he also had a small role in Babes in Toyland. I don't recognize him at all. It must have been a very small role. I don't remember seeing him at all. Um, but I remember like nothing ever. So I don't remember a lot of Babes in Toyland because I thought it was really weird. It was really weird. Eugene Archer of the New York Times wrote that Walt Disney had come up with one of his best children's pictures and that the director of this made all the difference. Variety also called the film an interesting project with the customary distinguishable Disney mark to give it class, but without the same appeal to adults as, say, Disney's previous Moppet classic, Mary Poppins. It's hard to follow a film like Mary Poppins. How? Like, how do you... What do you... You can't. You I mean, can't. I I think that we're getting better in terms of, like, the live-action movies. Like, back in, like, the 50s, those live-action movies were rough. Like, that was really hard to get through. Yeah, That was. bogged me down. Most of them. Not yeah. all of them, but yeah. a lot. But most of them. Yeah. Um, so they're getting better, but, like, just to, I guess, coming off of the high of Mary Poppins, this movie definitely isn't on that type of caliber, but it's definitely one that you should see. Yeah, I agree. Um, so Emile and the Detectives was released in theaters on December 18th. That's my mom's birthday. Mm-hmm. 1964. And was the big Christmas release from Disney for that year. So despite positive critical reviews that praised the actors and that it had a quick-paced story, the film was not very successful and then was shown on The Wonderful World of Color in 1966. And Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 57%. That's not bad. I think it deserves higher than that. I agree, but it's Rotten Tomatoes. I know. Like, I followed the film well. I thought that it was a super, like, cute... It was kind of reminiscent of, like, The Little Rascals. Oh, I, I'll, I'll tell you my... Oh, I guess I could say it now. I think it was really, like... Or, like, The Goonies? Goonies, Stand By Me, like, one of those coming-of-age yeah. boy movies, uh, The Sandlot. Like, it's all the same kind of concept just with different stories yeah same basis kids who are just like 
like they have a purpose with what they're doing, but they also are still just kids. But they and then they like, get into bigger trouble than they should have. Yes. And but then it all works out. Right. Exactly. Like it's it's a typical storyline that is done well multiple times in the movie industry. And this is just another one of that collection. And yeah. I liked it. Yeah. The whole time, um, one of our really good friends loves Stand By Me and the Goonies. And I we always make fun of them because we're like, oh, yep, it's a, it's a couple boys coming of age. Like, you're going to like it. And I thought of him the whole time I watched this film. So. Yeah, I think he would like it, <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, I think he would dig it. I'm going to text him right now and ask if he ever saw it. Do it. Because while you do that, I'm going to give my horrifically... Um, abysmal three fun facts section okay okay Okay. so in the movie's opening credits the three thieves that we see it's like a little cartoon Mm -hmm. um they're referred to it says like introducing the skrinks um so this apparently was supposed to be like something they were trying to like term like coin a term for did i say that right um, but it definitely did not catch on as slang. So we see it a couple times. Like Gustav says, like, oh, they went scrinking off down the gutter. Um, and then we hear Dynstag say, it's only my scrinky sister. And they just, like, they, they put it in there a lot. I made this doc, our, our um, what am I saying? Our document where we have everything for our episode. I made it before I watched the movie. Because sometimes I like do that because it makes me appreciate the fun facts I see more. Um, but I noticed, like, how much they tried to put that in there. It was just, like, almost like they were definitely trying to make it a term that would be used as, like, slang in real life. But I don't know. Our roommate had n- had never seen it. Oh. Well, he should. He said, what's that? You should watch it. You'd like it. I know. I was like, it's a great old coming-of-age film about a bunch of young boys. It's mm-hmm. up your alley. Mm-hmm. Um, and Emil and the Detectives was serialized on the Mickey, the new Mickey Mouse Club as the Three Scrinks. So they were even trying to do it in 1977. That's interesting. <laughs> we'll just start using that term. We'll, we'll make it catch on. All you grown-up kids, come on. Scrinking around. Um, the 400 marks Emil is taking to his grandmother would equate to about $75 at the time or about $622 around now. That is insane inflation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, that is long ago, but not that long ago. Yeah. That's how much the... Dang. Yeah. So when he says, like, because um, that kid's trying to, like, get hired by him, and he's like, all right, for 20 marks. And he's like, 20 marks? And they finally talk him down to 10, but even yeah. then he's still like, eh, because he only has 40 marks to spend on his whole trip that he's right. taking. So. Yeah, 400 is a lot. But if you think about it, if 400 equaled 75, what did 40 equal? I mean, like... I mean, like, nothing, but, like, it wasn't... No, I know. I'm just saying, like, that was a lot of money to him. Right, right. That's a good point. Like, now, kids would get, like, 10, 20 dollars or whatever. Like, you know, for your birthday, you might get, like, a 20 dollar bill. Like, that would never happen then. That's, like, so much. No. It would have been, like, a five. Yeah. Even less. Crazy. Um, and then lastly, uh, this movie was released with the featurette, The Tattooed Police Horse. I know nothing about it, but I thought that I would just throw it in there because 
even still to this day, with Pixar and stuff, we always get a little short in the beginning, so it dates pretty far back. I know that there's been other movies that have had a little feature at in the beginning too, but it's just really cool that, I mean, here we are in 2020, and they just had one for, did they have one before Onward? It was The Simpsons. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. So, like, oh my god, how far things have come, but, you know, it's still a tradition that they keep. I can't believe that it was a Simpsons short. It was so funny, though. If for anyone who has not seen it, it's funny if you could find it. Yeah, I wonder, like, how you can watch it now because, like, movie theaters aren't open. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, characters. We have Walter Sle- I don't know if it's Slezak or Slezak <laughs> as the Baron. So that is one of the, like, known bank robbers. Who's um, believed the, to be dead. The older guy, yes, who is believed, assumed dead by the yes. police department. Yes. Um, but he is the one that basically ends up not capturing Emil, but, like, holding him hostage, kind of, like, while they finish the job because he discovers Emil under the stairs because he was scranking around <laughs> um and so he yeah he ends up going to jail so yeah. he points a gun at emil he shoots he shoots at him he shoots to scare him but he's like telling me means business it was very rude yeah um next up is brian russell who plays emil um so he is really cute He's a cute little kid. He's a cute little kid. He So he is the one that is taking these 400 marks to his grandma. He went on the bus. His mom took him to the bus stop. Very last minute, pinned this money inside his coat. And, of course, the, um, I think they call him the mole. Yeah. Um, he sees it happening and then ends up stealing this money from this kid. He, like, makes him fall asleep. And um, then when the Baron discovers what the mole did, he's like, you put our whole operation at risk for, he calls it like pocket change. He's really mad at him for stealing this kid's money because that's why Emil is there. He's like, well, I've only came down here and followed you guys because he stole my money and I want it back. So, um, so yeah, the Baron is pretty mad about that. Um, ooh, I didn't sort the Baron. I kind of feel like, unfortunately, he's a Slytherin. He's just too cunning, like, to fake your own death or basically, like... To just disappear for To just disappear. Years? That's pretty cunning. I don't want to put him in any house because I didn't like him at all. There's bad people in every house. It's okay. I know. Um, so, Emil, he's totes a Gryffindor. Yeah, he's a Gryffindor. He's quite brave. He, yeah. I mean, he just, like, goes down that dark alley to to find, um, like, to follow these guys, you know? Just, like... Well, then, even when he's, like, being held at gunpoint, they're trying to help make him help them steal this money that they were trying to get to he's even he's like, like no i won't do it yeah and he pretty much keeps his cool through the whole thing yeah shockingly um next up is roger mobley as gustav who is 
Emil's detective that he hires. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because what? Uh, the other movie I was going to compare this to is Peter Pan. Because I don't know if it's because he actually oh, did like the look Lost Boys? like Peter Pan to me. Yeah, he even yeah. had like a feather in his hat and like even his face. And then he had this whole like group of boys that were, to me, felt like the Lost Boys. Yeah. Because they all had different personalities that mm-hmm. were like stereotypical to young boys, but all in different boys. There was even a set of twins. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Gustav is an interesting character. He sees Emil chasing well like running through berlin and stopping he stops at this cafe because that's where the mole goes into is the mole grunde grundis i'm looking it up because i don't remember what his actual name was i think so yeah because Mueller is the other guy that helps the baron so yeah i'm guessing grun grundis okay i'm gonna call him grundis sorry guys grundis german names that i am not even gonna pretend that i can pronounce so gustav um Talks to Emil and he's basically like just trying to be whoever Emil, whoever he thinks Emil needs. So he's like, I'm a tour guide. I'm, oh, what else does he say? There's something else. Oh, something about money. Oh, do you need a job? I help you. Yeah, f- yeah, I, can, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can help you find a job. Uh, I'm a tour guide. Do you need a tour of the city? Oh, I'm a detective. Here's my card. You know what, though? I felt really bad for him because you got a tiny little glimpse um, when he is going to stay overnight with Emil at the ruins because they're trying to find these crooks and everyone else is like, I got to go home. He's like, well, I'll stay here. And the one kid's like, well, do you want me to tell your dad that you're, you know, you're not going to be home or you're going to be late or whatever? And he's like, nah, today's payday. Like he doesn't get home till late. He doesn't care much about what I do anyway. So I think this kid does not have a good relationship with his dad maybe yeah. his dad's a single dad maybe he doesn't or he's have an mom. alcoholic yeah. i think because he's like it's payday he exactly. must go to the bars mm-hmm. that would be my assumption so here's this kid who's just trying to like find his place in the world he wears all these different hats literally just to like <laughs> just to like make ends meet for himself you know what I mean? yeah i felt bad because yeah i mean he he is doing all of these things for emil but he like comes with the charging price so it's like that's how he's getting by mm-hmm. because he clearly doesn't have a parent figure there right. to help guide him. Right. Um, yes. I was going to put him in Slytherin, I think, just because... Ambitious. He's very ambitious. But he also could maybe be Ravenclaw because he's very creative. He is. He's got this whole crew. Yeah. So I kind of he's like a... Slitherclaw like or that. a Raverin. I like that. I can't pick. But yeah, I enjoyed his character. He, he, um, so yeah, basically he is, he is whatever he needs to be. So for this movie, he's the detective for this storyline. Um, and for this, for his detective, so he's got all of these friends and then they like are driving to their base. And he calls all these people just by, like, driving by their houses and, like, honking his bike horn a certain way or whatever. So then they get to their meetup spot, and he is, like, explaining what they need to do. They need to catch this thief. And um, so that leads me to Grundy's the thief, played by Heinz Schubert. Um, he, it's, he was a great actor. Heinz Schubert? Yes. 
He was. His character was really weird. Yes. But he was a good actor. He played him well, though. Yeah. So, like, he's a thief. And he's known as the mole. It was kind of funny because, like, he portrayed himself kind of like a mole. Like, literally. His ears twitched. He, it was just like he was very animal-like at times. His ears twitched. He, like, had these tricks that he did with, like, just eating jelly beans or, like, hypnotizing Emil. Um, Even the way that he was, like, tracking Emil in the beginning and, like, evading the police. It was just very, like, I don't know. It was like he was... He was a mole. Like, he was just going on instinct. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then he's known for, like, digging. So, like, digging these tunnels under the city. And that's basically what they hire him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, even when he was down there, it kind of just reminded me of, like, Gopher from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yes. But, like, in a thief way, not in a funny way. He was weird because, like, his whole, the whole time I was watching it, but it kind of, it intrigued me for sure. It made me keep watching because, like, the way that he acted and the way he moved, it was, like, very robotic, but, like, very calculated and yet very cartoonish. Yes. Because the way that they would do it with him is, like, he would act out a scene, but then they would, like, speed up the film to, like, make it look like he was moving faster than he was. Did you notice that? Mm-mm. Like, in the beginning, for sure, they did that. Like, when he was, like, slinking around. Was it, he slinking or skrinking? Skrinking. Okay. Um, but there would be times where he was, like, quickly, like, moving out of the way. Like, you can tell they, like, sped the film up. Or, like, when he was walking, they, like, sped the film up. I didn't notice. It looked really cool. But also for a guy who his, like, number one rule is to, like, evade authority. Not authority. Like, any kind of law-enforcing mm-hmm. person. He is, like, so eccentrically dressed compared I know. to everyone else on the street. Totally like everyone has, like, sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, everyone has, like, black, gray, navy suits, whatever. He's got this, orange like, plaid. orange plaid with this <laughs> bowler hat. Like, he, you could pick this dude out of a crowd anywhere. Like, you were not trying yeah. to blend in, and yet, like, you're trying to blend in. Right. Interesting. Yeah. He... Um, I'm going to put him either in Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff. I was going to say Ravenclaw. He's just very wise, I guess. He is until the end when he gets right. caught. But yeah, like he he has these methods and he follows these methods and that's what keeps He's him calculated. out of trouble. Yeah. He's very calculated, which I feel is a Ravenclaw trait. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, next up is Peter... Ehrlich? Ehrlich as Mueller. So he was the Baron's helper. Dude, this guy. Kind of an airhead. I would have, yeah, he's kind of like a smarter cronk. Like, I would have, like, just left the Baron a thousand years ago because this dude was just his, like, secretary, like. like, Light my cigar. Yeah. Like the, the errand runner. Yeah. But, like, I had to wait on him hand and foot for, like, dumb stuff. He's like, do you have a match? He's like, light your own cigar. He's like, you know I don't carry matches. Like, how pretentious are you? But whatever. Guy kind of made me feel like my job. 
Oh, mm. sad day. But that's another conversation. So, um, I kind of want to put him in Hufflepuff. What? He's very loyal to the Baron. Ugh. Like, he should have given up on this dude a long time ago, but he but he hasn't. This guy's dumb. I don't want him in my house. I'm sorry. Whatever. I don't feel like he fits anywhere else. Squib. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, oh, is that? Okay. Cindy Castle mm-hmm. is Pony, who is Emile's cousin, right? Yeah, I wanted to like her more than I did. Same. So, like, she seemed like a cute side character, but then was also at the same time kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was like I wanted to like her more than I ended up liking her. And I'm not a thousand percent sure why I didn't like her as much. I just feel like there, she could have added more to the story. I feel like they, yeah. it was like a missed opportunity. It's like they they intended to have her more involved, and then it didn't go that way. Yeah, I agree. Like her whole thing is like she's she's a reporter, right? Like that wasn't like it was talked about, but like they could have done more with that. Yeah, like it's kind of like they were like, oh, that was their motivation to follow the boys, and that was it. Right. Like, there was nothing, like, even at the end, like, no, like, I almost like, expected, like, oh, she puts out this story. And, right. Like, like that would have been cool. Yeah, they even showed in the beginning, like, she has a column in the paper. Mm-hmm. So, like, if she came out with this big story and that was, like, her success, cool. Yeah. Did I miss that? Maybe no. it happened? I don't know. She's totes a Ravenclaw, though. What was with her eating that liquor licorice all the time? It was, that made me laugh. All the time. It, it was, was kind kinda, of a Lunaism. I was, liked it. Yeah, it was kind of cool that she had like a like a thing. Yeah, but I was it was just really. I weird. liked her hat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who this is. That's um, I believe the sheriff, like the police dude. Wolfgang Voles as Wachmeister Stucks, who didn't believe them. Okay, can we talk about this for a second? Oh please, please do. So these kids explain to the cops multiple times that something is happening, mm-hmm. multiple times, mm-hmm. and they are literally blown off within seconds, mm-hmm. even, even after giving them a pile of wanted people, and they identify three people that they see who are wanted like for major crimes, mm-hmm. they're still blown off mm-hmm. until... Yep. The quote father calls and says the same thing, and then all of a sudden they're all in a hurry to go and fix this. And it's not even. And the it father. wasn't even the father. It was Gustav mm-hmm. pretending because he knew like they're not listening. This is the only way we're gonna get this solved. Yeah. Or get any help because we can't do this ourselves. We need help. Right. So good on him, but yeah, I. Ooh, that makes me mad. It makes me furious. Listen I, to a child, okay? Listen to a child. Yeah, so I don't have anything else to say about him. He was a jerk. Um, the boys. So I don't remember all of their names, but there was the professor mm-hmm. who he's just um, he's played by Brian Richardson. He he was he kind of reminded me of like Sheldon <laughs> as yes. like the Sheldon of the group. Yes. <laughs> From Big Bang for people who don't know who I'm talking about. Um, he was just, yeah, he was very, like, informative, very smart, very By the five book. steps ahead. Yeah. Um, Ravenclaw. 
Yeah. There's a lot of Ravenclaws in this movie. Yeah, this is a first. Um, Herman. Who is Herman? Her- yeah, is Herman the normal. one whose house it was? No, that was Dinesteg. Okay, so Herman was the blonde kid then. Yes, who delivered the message. Who delivered the message to Pony. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be the up? grandma, but then it was Pony, and Pony figured it out, and that's how she ended up tagging along because of this message that Herman gave that was basically like, hey, Emil is fine. I'll, you know, I'll be there soon. Don't worry about me. I just have to take care of something. And Pony's like, this is suspicious. I'm coming. I am Herman. I would not be able to complete the task <laughs> properly because the things out of my control would have happened and I would have messed it all up. So is Herman a Hufflepuff? Yes. Dinestag is the kid whose house is headquarters. Can we talk about that kid's cast? Is yeah. Is that what cast looked like then? His cast was weird. It was literally like, like paper mache. Yeah. But like, I, I can't describe it. It was, no, not paper mache. It looked like just like hardened clay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like cement, but not cement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. So. He, uh, he broke his leg on, on their last job. Their last adventure. Yeah. But he was funny because he was like, I'm a, I'll take care of my sister. That was, that was funny. <laughs> he like pretended that her new boyfriend was at the door and she was talking on the phone with her ex-boyfriend and then she left and then he locked the door behind her because <laughs> they needed the phone because uh, yeah they needed she couldn't be on the phone because they needed to wait for a call from gustav mm-hmm. and then there were the, there was the twins yeah um i don't remember their names one was rudolph i know that but i don't remember what the other one's name was but th- uh they didn't really like, they basically just kind of tagged along and helped with the task at hand, but they didn't have, like, a special thing they did, really, mm-hmm. like the other boys did. Yeah. They were just kind of, like, the help. Yep. So, yeah. That's all I got. What was your favorite character? Who was your favorite character? What was your favorite scene? Um, I think that Gustav is my favorite character. He was just, like, quirky and funny. He did remind me a little bit of Peter Pan. Right? Um, right? Yeah. And my favorite scene, I think it's whenever they are following Grundy's, Grundice, uh, to the rubble area where they end up, like, getting all lost in and everything. But it's, like, the whole process of them following him from the hotel. How, like, they're on the opposite side of the street. Totally. And then, like, they're going from, like, pole to pole, hiding behind it. And then Pony is, like, following Mm -hmm. even further behind. Mm -hmm. And then you see Grundy's, like, getting to where he needs to go. And it was just funny because there were a lot of close calls. And I enjoyed that scene. Yeah. That was was cute. How about you? Mmm... Favorite character? Probably Gustav. Like, I want to say Emil. Um, I was close to saying Emil, too. Yeah, like, I, you know what? I will pick Emil because that kid, he was, like, in the scariest situation, didn't freak out. Like, he was essentially kidnapped. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Well, actually, no, that'll be my least favorite. Never mind. Um, he was kidnapped, uh, held at gunpoint, uh, had to assist in a robbery against his will. 
this kid is like he's gotta be young like mm-hmm. they're preteens. he had or to reaching, be like reaching 10 teens. yeah 11 maybe and he handled that situation far better than i would yeah <laughs> far far better as an almost 30 year old he right, handled it right. better so he kept his cool and just got it i don't know figured out a way to survive all that so i'll pick him my favorite scene i probably have to agree with you because that was really cute it was yeah it was just cute and like they were so close to one another yeah and yet they didn't notice one another right yeah it was that was cute what was your least favorite my least favorite character is probably the baron um kind of tied closely behind like the whole police department like they just really they just really annoyed me um but the baron like he kidnaps this child and forces him to Forces him to perform a bank robbery, mm-hmm. like against his will, with a gun pointed at him. Yeah, it was intense, and that was kind of my least favorite scene too. That whole scene where like they made Emil go into the hole that they blew out to steal all the money, and then it turned into like them trying to get out, but then the Baron and Mueller like buried Grundy, Grundy, oh my god, I can't say his name, the mole, mole and Emil, and they were gonna like blow them to smithereens. Yeah, and then like all of a sudden all the water was filling and it was like they were gonna drown, like that was, I thought they were dead. That was drama. It was some straight up drama. Also, I need to pick a different favorite scene. Okay, why was that mine? Did I say it? No. Oh. No. A different favorite. Oh, a different favorite. Okay. Yeah. Um, when at, it's the very end and like the the Baron and his crony, Muller, think that they're going to get away with it. They have like this picnic basket full of money. And then the boys are like... Oh my God. Yeah, this was great. <laughs> the boys are following after them to make sure they don't, they don't get away. And then this one kid's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, you see those guys up there every couple blocks? They stop and they're just giving money away. So then like hordes of kids and like people are just chasing these guys and they get surrounded and like the money they can't get away out everywhere yeah it was really funny it was good um but my least favorite character yeah probably the baron just because like he tried to act like this nice guy yeah even while kidnapping he reminded me of umbridge a little bit yeah but different but yeah for sure he's trying to like he just comes off as like calm and he even, like, seemed to try to be, like, a little buddy-buddy with Emil, despite him being chained to a wall. No big deal. Um, but then he's, like, this real sinister dude. Yeah. Um, and least favorite scene is when Pony thinks that Emil is kidnapped because she intercepts the note from Herman. And her acting is a little overdramatic. She literally, oh yeah like, she was like grabbing her head she's like clutching her head like i can't you need to watch this scene if nothing else because it's just like i I was like what's happening she was a little over dramatic what's happening i don't know yeah i get it what'd you take away from it um that you know there's strength in numbers truth i mean Shout out to the Warriors, but oh that's their tagline. Get out. <laughs> Warriors.
warriors. Um, but yeah, strength in numbers. I mean, like even Emil, like Emil couldn't have done that on his own. He couldn't have gotten out of the situation on his own. He couldn't attract the mole on his own. So he found people to help him. They helped him. And then even at the very end, even more numbers stopped the robbers from getting away with the money and then ended up um, helping them get arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've been saying this one a lot the last couple episodes or just like in general, but like, listen to kids. Oh, I know. It's the a love theme. of God, listen to kids. They're not always trying to play a joke or, like, they're not, they're not dumb. Like, kids are super smart and see a lot of things that adults are blind to because that's what happens when you become an adult sometimes. So don't lose that, first of all, because then you will probably listen to kids because you understand it. But, like, those kids were in trouble and they really needed help. I know. I felt bad. Yeah. So take things seriously when they need to be taken seriously. I guess. Yes. Yeah. I dig it. Do you dig it like the mole? No. I don't like him. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny when he was... Apparently the first tunnel he built took him 43 days. The guy freaked out and he's like, what? We have two days. What'd you use? A teaspoon? And he was like, no. A soup spoon. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was kind of funny all right it's time for that disney memory woohoo ryan ryan m so ryan says hey megan katie my name is ryan i and i have recently started your podcast from the beginning i've recently quit smoking and your podcast has helped me so much to overcome my cravings as and has made it easier to transition to being a non-smoker that's awesome that is great congrats to you that's really hard. I looked for a Disney podcast as I once had done a Disney cultural program at Epcot in the UK Pavilion. Epcot is my absolute favorite park, so to spend a year there and call it home was amazing. That's awesome. I was a Chatham Square boy when I found your podcast. Yeah, Chatham Square. I lived in <laughs> Patterson. Woo, woo, woo. I didn't live in any of them. Woo, woo, woo. Offsite. Offsite. No? Okay. When I found your podcast, (laughs) I thought it was an amazing idea to go along the films in order, and like yourselves, thought I had seen them all, but wow, was I wrong. You guys, along with your guest caster, cast, have made me laugh in the streets and mentioned some awesome facts, which I'm loving. I know you say send a memory, but I've kind of given you more of a profile. Anyway, for my memory, I have a couple. I've been on vacation to Disney World many times, but my fondest memory came... When I went with my friends, like you said in one of your early podcasts, that seeing it via someone else's eyes for the first time can be amazing. I can remember when I first saw the castle, so seeing their faces was wonderful. But my favorite memories are... Number one. Everyone gets bonus memories here. Ready? Woohoo! While on holiday with my friends, it was my mom's birthday. Sadly, she had passed away a few years prior, so me and my friends went to Magic Kingdom and were in the shops on Main Street. I was looking for a birthday present for my dad, as his birthday is the day before my mom's. Well, that's convenient for them. I'll never forget it. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at this DVD about Walt when a cast member asked if I needed help. I asked him if I, it would work in the UK. He was unsure, but he wasn't going to leave it there and found it found out for me. Sadly, it wouldn't, but we got to talking on why I wanted to get this, and I explained how my parents brought me and my two brothers here as kids and were massive fans of Disney. And he asked why they weren't there with us. I wanted on to tell him that my dad wasn't up for coming, back to my mom's favorite place on earth just yet and that my mom had passed 
He was so lovely, I told him that it was her birthday, and he said he wanted to do something special. He asked what her favorite character was. It was Winnie the Pooh. He went away and came back to ask me to follow him. He took me to the register and asked me for her name and what we what we all called her. I replied, Karen and Mom. He then went on to, to ask how many was on my close family, and I said nine. And he wrote out ten. I'm celebrating ten celebrating buttons, saying I'm celebrating the life of Karen Mom. I began to cry along with my best friend. He was very close to my mom, too. The cast member went on to give me a Winnie the Pooh little plush and said, here's a present from us to you and your family. I was crying so much I hugged him and we went on our went on our way all puffy-faced as we left Magic Kingdom on the monorail to Epcot for a little drink to remember Mom. It was sunset and over Magic Kingdom, the clouds made the shape of Mickey Mouse. It was perfect. The perfect end to a perfect day. Oh, that's a great memory. That's like a... For something sad to happen, to have a memory positive like that yes. is great. Yes. I agree. That makes me want to cry, but happy tears. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two. So when I took my friends to Disney World, of course, the first park anyone should go to first is Magic Kingdom. I agree. Yeah. So we got up at the crack of dawn and headed to Magic Kingdom. We my kind of people. <laughs> we entered around 9 a.m., and they were so excited to see the castle. As we walked around the corner, the girls stopped and stared, and their faces was amazing. One of my friends wanted to do a group jump photo in the middle of Main Street with the castle as the backdrop. So we did, and we were all laughing and excited for the day when a cast member approached us around Casey's corner. She asked us if we had just jumped for a picture on Main Street, and we replied yes, and were a little worried we had done something wrong. She said she saw us for all the way up the street. She pointed at me, saying that you can't miss someone in a bright blue top halfway in the air. <laughs> I'm 6'3 and can jump fairly high. She asked us if we were having a nice day so far and we said yes and that it was most of the group's first visit. She went on to ask if we were staying for the Festival of Fantasy, which we were. God, I love that parade. Literally the best parade ever. Love that parade so much. She then asked if we wanted to have VIP seats and we were like, yeah. She then said that for her to do that, we will have to do something for her. Oh, so we were like, oh, there's a catch. She then asked if we would like to be the Grand Marshals to welcome the parade that day. I am so jealous right now. Oh, my God. That's so awesome. That's like, <laughs> I want to be a Grand Marshal so bad. I know. We couldn't believe our luck. We were asked to meet her at 2 p.m. at Splash Mountain to begin. It was the best, best experience of my life. We rode the fancy car all the way through the parade route, waving at everyone, hearing our names over the loudspeakers. Um, it was unreal. We still remember the cast member and will always be grateful to Mindy for giving us one of the best days and memories you can have. Okay, so there it is. I'm sorry I rambled on for what may seem like a <laughs> short story. Don't be sorry. But in summary, I just really wanted to thank you for making this podcast and helping me cut the habit. I look forward to catching up and being up to date and able to watch each movie before the podcast. Thanks so much from across the pond, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Those, Those are, are great memories. Awesome. And also, I know that this came to us, um, I think, before our break, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so I want to know how you're doing. Update us. I hope that your um, non-smoking journey is going well. And I hope that you've gotten to make more Disney memories in the meantime. Yes. And if you my fine listener would like to share your Disney memory, just email us at grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com. It can be absolutely anything Disney related. So just send it over and we'll be sure to feature it on the show. 
You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available. You can also find us on social media to join in on the conversation. We're on Facebook at Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. And we have a Facebook group called Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast group. We're on Instagram at Grown Up Kids Pod. And we will also be relaunching our Patreon sometime soon. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to watch those Callaways ahead of next week's episode. And don't forget, adults are only kids grown up anyway. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.